2: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
5: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Monday, September 6th. It's a holiday, but we work. We work wherever I am. If I'm breathing, I will try to do my best to produce a podcast. And we have a whopper of a podcast today for you. Starting the week, because the NFL season starts Thursday, we thought we'd just bring the thunder Matthew Barry fantasy football bonanza. We had Evan Silva last week. A lot of good stuff. Matthew Barry disagrees with some of the stuff Silva had said. They they are on opposite sides on Saquon Barkley. I think you guys are gonna like it. A solid twenty five to thirty minutes of Matthew Barry answering random questions about fantasy football. Um, if you uh, are a Chargers fan, you will very. Much be interested in what he has to say. Um, He likes my Baker Mayfield. He likes something I said about Joe Burrow. Uh, Barry's a good guy, good dude. Answers all the questions. Doesn't really shy away from contact. He's not one of those pile inspectors like Antonio Cromartie who doesn't want to tackle. Barry will get into it. And we go have some back and forth and disagreement. That's healthy. So you guys will really enjoy that. But before we get to Matthew Barry, couple of notes. Obviously, we'll recap some college football shenanigans from over the weekend. It was a really good betting weekend for me. Uh, I screwed up on this pod on Friday. And, you know, it's funny. I even opened by saying we had Preston on last week and he said BYU Arizona under. Makes sense. Um, I don't know much about BYU in Arizona, but Preston's plugged in in the BYU community since he is Mormon um, and follows the program closely and uh, went to school in the state. And like, uh, there's a lot of times. I bet the under. I listened to the podcast. I said over. I'm an idiot. I, I Gosh, I hope you guys didn't take that. But overall, just a monster. my. I, I think my best opening weekend gambling ever in uh, college football, everything went right basically except Wisconsin. They just totally shat the bed against Penn State. Uh, just a, a gutless effort from Wisconsin. Um, that being said, um, can we fast forward to the Notre Dame game? And, yes, we will get back to Rob G doing a victory lap for his UCLA Bruins, who I mentioned sprinkle some on the money line. Rob G was in attendance. I think he was sitting in the uh, high class seat, so he didn't witness any fights or brawls. Um, We'll get to that in a second. We just need to quickly, Notre Dame, Florida State, Sunday night. So I had a fantasy draft. I'm out to dinner with the family, and I'm peeking at the score. There's a Notre Dame grad who I've talked about that on this pod I text with. He had actually said he thought the line was a little too high. I had wanted to bet Notre Dame, so of course I'm like, eh, I'll back off. Um, Notre Dame's up 38, 20 and I'm kicking myself for not betting it. I stop watching. I focus on the fantasy draft and of course my family and dinner, you know, we get home from dinner, starting to get ready to, um, you know, look, look, at all the college football box scores. Cause Sunday night, that's when I like go over NFL, um, Saturday night, I usually do, uh, college football, but this weekend, no NFL. So I push it to Sunday night. I start to look at the box scores. The first one that jumps out is Notre Dame in overtime? What? (laughs) They almost collapsed? I couldn't believe it. They blow an 18-point fourth-quarter lead and need overtime to win. But that's not even the big story. Not even the kid Milton coming back from that grotesque injury he suffered two years ago. The real story is, in the interview on the field after the game, Brian Kelly jokingly, but in his dry 55-year-old sense of humor, he might be 60, I don't know, said, You know, execution, we could not execute at all. Maybe my team should need to be executed or something along those lines. And of course, as social media is want to do, everybody flipped out because that's where you get outraged and you don't even really need to care about Notre Dame or Brian Kelly or the line, but because you're on social media and you could just get ticked off, that's what everybody did. How could Brian Kelly do? Someone died at Notre Dame on his watch a few years ago. Like, it's predictable. This is what people do. They they want heads. They want scalps. And everybody wants Brian Kelly to apologize in the aft in the post game. That's like the first question. Okay, it's a real good game. Crazy comeback by FSU. Notre Dame's transfer quarterback, the kid Jack Cohn, looked awesome. Four TDs, three hundred sixty yards or whatever. Awesome performance. One of the first questions, uh, Coach Kelly, you said on the field after the game your team should be executed. Like, really? He's like, I was joking. Like, obviously, I don't want to execute my team. It's a joke. And people just don't get it. And this is why, I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, I'm way less on social media. There's just no win there. It's a waste of time. Now, Instagram is really fun because there's way less outrage. It's more like fun, cool, exciting. Twitter is just like a bunch of angry losers just looking to vent about something. If it's not Brian Kelly, it's going to be some police officer. It's going to be the pancakes they had. It's going to be traffic, whatever. Somebody's going to get angry about something, and that's where they go to vent. Relax, everybody. Okay? Notre Dame won. Brian Kelly was kidding. Let's move on. By the way, Notre Dame's defense did not look good in the fourth quarter. Um, We know they had a new defensive coordinator because their D.C. left to coach, I believe, Vanderbilt, and um, they got shredded defensively. Uh, the kid, though, I will point out, Hamilton had an incredible interception. The The amount of ground he covered, that's just a guy to file away top 15 pick in next year's draft. All right.
0: Um,
5: Rob G., you were in attendance at the Rose Bowl. I'm assuming you were cooking in the, what, 97-degree heat? Oh, it was warm. It was warm out there. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I will say
7: really quickly on Brian Kelly, um, number one, there's a reason why Bill Belichick doesn't really make jokes at his press conference. Because, you know, not everyone can deliver it. You know, and not everybody gets that same benefit of the doubt. If Lane Lane Kiffin makes that joke, no problem. Because, you know, he's kind of a tongue-in-cheek guy as it is. Brian Kelly is kind of gruff. So when he says something like that, it just doesn't really land the same way. And number two, like you mentioned, when your school has a history of a student dying while filming your college football practice, maybe stay away from jokes like that to begin with. It's like when I was at the UCLA LSU game. I wasn't going to be like, hey, here comes that a Bruins hurricane rolling through Louisiana. No, that's God. just just not appropriate. You know, you know, just so, pace yourself sometimes.
5: I, I tend to like inappropriate and I'll never forget. I actually pulled this article out when I read it about Joan Rivers. We ever a fan, fan of her work, Rob G? Uh, I know who she is. I can't say I'm a fan of yeah. hers, though. Uh, she died a few years back, but she was a comedian and she would say some of the brashest stuff ever. Um there was this famous woman Liz Taylor she had like eight husbands your mom probably knows her. Yeah, didn't she um, have like 12 facelifts too? Something uh, like that. 15 something. Okay, like yeah, that. all right. But Joan Rivers at like the height of Elizabeth Taylor. He said what she said what's Liz Taylor's blood type? Ragu? Ugh. Because you know she started <laughs> eating and got a little heavy and like Joan Rivers just like that's a joke. It's funny. Laugh. It's okay. And I know some people are going to be outraged like oh how could you say that? And then there was Estelle uh, – not Estelle. Um, what's her name? The singer who's dating Rich Paul. Adele. When I say Estelle. Uh, Adele. And Joan Rivers would say, like, she, what is she talking about rolling in the deep? You know, she's rolling in the deep fried or something. She made, like, all these inappropriate jokes. And it's like, okay, that's funny. Like, you know, what, Brian Kelly made a joke, Rob. Really? No, I, 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 I have no issue with guys making
7: jokes. I personally wasn't offended by it, but there's certain people that you can tell just because of their personality that their jokes just aren't going to land. And it's like, if you're going to make a joke like that, you're probably not the right guy to do it.
5: Yeah. Um. All right, so anyways, your UCLA Bruins with the big win. Chip Kelly on fire. Ed Ogeron probably in some trouble by the end of the season. Uh. Any overriding thoughts? Was it more of a run game? Was it the quarterback? Was it Chip Kelly? Is it just LSU
7: stunk? Oh, let me just say, um, my brother who I went to the game with, um, before the game started, I said, look, man, when they line up the, the LSU front seven on both sides or their offensive line, defensive lines, they're just so much bigger than us. So I would be shocked if we're able to control the line of scrimmage in any kind of way. And for whatever reason, LSU became this finesse team ever since the Joe Burrow era. And UCLA, with their undersized offensive line, they only played one defensive tackle the whole game. Most of it was defensive ends and linebackers for the speed. And they were just mauling them up front, both sides of the ball. I was shocked. Yeah. It was prototypical Chip Kelly, where it was, for all of their spread and their you know, high-octane offense, they're predominantly a running team. And that's exactly what UCLA did. They ran the ball down their throats. And um, it was
5: exciting to watch. I got to say, it was great. Yeah, if you remember, Brock Heward was on here, and he was like, There's, you just don't push around SEC teams. And I don't know, that five seniors uh, for UCLA, or five returning starters for UCLA. Their offensive line is one of their strengths. LSU's got a bunch of like seniors, grad students, but they weren't the typical five-star guys that LSU gets. And um, yeah, they, point of contact, they just lost that battle. So UCLA, listen, they're going to be plucky this year. Um, and the way Oregon looked very shaky... Uh, barely escaping Fresno, Oregon, probably looking ahead to Ohio state. You just have to wonder, I mean, does you, could UCLA maybe, maybe steal the PAC 12? I mean, it's early for this, but, um, that's a great win. And Oregon has Ohio state. If you guys saw the number, it came out there 13 and a half point dogs, uh, for their trip to Columbus this week. Um, uh, but then again, season openers, you can't read too much into it. Oklahoma nearly lost to Tulane. Um, but you can read into Alabama just absolutely murdering Miami. Can I say that, murdering Miami? <laughs> uh, a lot of murders soon, right? in Miami. No, um, I mean, listen, if you guys didn't load up on that, the under-hit Alabama covered, like, they're just a juggernaut, okay? I mean, they just I, – I, Miami's not even that bad. I pretty, Rob G., I will bet you that Miami comes out and finishes probably top 15, 16 in the country. And by November, it's like, oh, Miami's kind of good. They're eight and three, and then it's like, what? Well, it just it, it, the the class level is just so different. Alabama's in a class to itself. I don't know how they're going to come close to losing a game this year, man. I just don't. I, they, this team is so good. There's just so much talent everywhere. Like you watch a couple plays, you're like, okay, they're stronger, faster. Uh, this is not going to be a contest. I, and um, I don't know, man. I, I I thought it was a good weekend overall in college football, outside of the gambling, which was tremendous.
7: Yeah, I mean, well, it was a tough weekend as a whole for the Pac-12 and the ACC, though. I will say that. I mean, like you said, Miami might win eight games, but I don't necessarily think they're that great from what I saw. I mean, I know Alabama, the worst thing you can do when you're facing Alabama is make them your season opener. Because you give Nick Saban one week, he's very good. You give him two, a bye week, he's great. You give him a bowl time, he's fantastic. You give him an entire offseason to prep for what you're going to do, and it's a done deal. Everybody that they do those big, uh you know neutral site games where against USC or whoever you might expect they just blow the doors off of them in these opening yep. round games and and you know Alabama not only do they have the the five star athletes but they're just really well coached too which is so much different than what you see a lot of these other teams
5: uh Clemson Georgia was kind of a a rock fight i mean 10-3 it's listen Georgia got the upset uh, we called it here on this pod um uh, that being said i just They didn't look overly impressive. It was almost like Clemson, right? You can't walk away from that like, well, Georgia's one of the two best teams in it. Like, you can't have watched Alabama-Miami and then watched Georgia-Clemson and thought, Georgia's on the level of Alabama. I don't think so, right? No. You can say that their defense,
7: absolutely. You know, same thing with Clemson. Clemson's defense looked great too. But if your only score is a pick six... Like, how much confidence can you have that you're going against Alabama? You're not going to shut down Alabama. you got to score with them a little bit, too. And if you couldn't put up any kind of offense against Clemson, what are you going to do against Alabama? So Clemson had 23
5: carries for two yards. Um, I mean, their quarterback, negative 22 rushing yards. Um, Yeah listen they, they they lost etn they lost um the one of the receivers they lost the quarterback obviously DJ I'm not going to try to say his last name is good he did not have a good game but this Clems- this Georgia defense is good uh JT Daniels who i think will be the number one pick in the draft uh passed for buck 35 um that's not exactly how you want to get the season started but then again Sam Howell the unC quarterback Who some people are touting was way worse than JT Daniels. Uh, He was terrible for UNC in the loss to uh, the Hokies. At any rate, just a quick early look ahead. Okay, we will. I know you guys like the college football uh, podcast with the gambling. Obviously, we'll be bringing that back for week two. Uh, There will be a lot of NFL, but the marquee games this week, Oregon, Ohio State, is a is an excellent game should be good. Um, I guess the second best matchup, Iowa, Iowa state, Iowa state did not look good in the opener. Um, Iowa did. I kind of lean toward Iowa. It's early. It's early. And then, um, the other one to keep an eye on Texas, Arkansas, Arkansas actually looked good. Um, Texas looked very good. And I do kind of wonder why that line is only six. It feels a little low to me. Um, I, I must be missing something, so I'll dig into it. So uh, there's your college football recap. Uh, listen, this is a monster week. It's going to be fun. Um, tell all your friends, subscribe, rate, and review. The pod's going to be off the hook this week. Without further ado, let's get to Matthew Barry of ESPN.
1: Do you love Selena?
8: Like, really love?
1: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of
8: Tejano.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
5: I know what sports fans want.
2: But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
5: Let's welcome into Straight Fire, the man, the myth, the legend. He is basically, I mean, listen, if you want to credit him with starting fantasy football and making it with the juggernaut that it is, go for it. He's Matthew Barry of of ESPN. Matt, how are you? Superstar?
8: I'm good, my friend. Good to see you. Good to talk to you.
5: Yeah, it's good. I was ribbing you a little before we started recording about uh, your Instagram flex being in a fantasy league with Jay-Z and Chris Paul. Uh, I am curious, who is easier to get a trade over on in fantasy, Jay-Z or Chris Paul?
8: Yeah. Look, um, I would say neither Both oh. are really sharp. It listen, the the league has been together for a long, long time. Everyone knows each other very, very well. Uh, and, uh, it's definitely, it's one of those things where it's just like, there's a lot of trades, but in terms of getting one over on somebody, absolutely not no. like it. Yeah. Um, cause here's the thing, the thing about guys like that specifically Jay and Paul and, and CP, but, um, uh, everyone in that league they're all insanely connected like there's like chris paul um drafted kyler murray as his fantasy quarterback right this year he drafted oh. kyler murray. he put that on a twitter i'm not i'm not breaking any secrets there he put that on twitter but i remember i said to him i said oh that's i said uh i, I said kyler because uh he he took kyler a little earlier than i thought uh and i said kyler really and then i was like oh right Arizona course. You gotta draft Kyler. And he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, uh, I just I just texted him and told him I took him on my fantasy key. And I'm like, but that's the point, right? Like yeah. there's not an athlete in the NFL that Jay-Z can't get a hold of, that Chris mm-hmm. Paul can't get a hold of, that the guys in that league, I mean, again, like some of them may not be known to the general public. Those are the two most famous guys in the league, but like, believe me, the people that know, like Steve Stout, uh, you know, a United Masters translation. You know, you think about Jesse Itzler, co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks. You think about Mike Kaiser, president of Atlanta Records. You think about Herb Gotti, the legend Herb Gotti and in Murder Inc. You think about Kevin Lyles, uh, you know, also a legend. You know, ran Def yeah. Jam, man, ran Def Jam. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're all in their own way. Juan Perez, who runs Rock Nation Sports. Like, I mean, they—they're all legends. Every single one of them, and so, um, and they're all insanely well connected. Mm. So. I'm I'm the least connected person that week. Oh, ah, please, please give me a break. Well, the, 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 here's the front, funniest part. picture, I should say, in that picture, I'm the least connected person.
5: Yeah, okay, fair, that's fair. But I will say, you know, Matthew, there's an interesting thing in fantasy now. I, I have people, you know, people know that I work at Fox and I got a podcast and I'm working at Fox talking to NFL people. And they're always asking me, hey, what do you think about this guy in fantasy? And I'm like... Yeah. You know, I I saw this list had this guy and I'm like, my first thing, Matthew, and and you can feel free to disagree, is like if you go to where everybody else is getting fantasy info, you're just getting what everyone else is getting. You're not getting anything unique or different. How do you separate yourself from the masses who are writing about fantasy football? Like how do you because everybody's going to say, oh, yeah, you got to go. Christian McCaffrey, bounce back, Saquon Barkley, blah, blah, blah. How do you separate yourself and differentiate yourself?
8: Yeah, it's tough, by the way. And that's one of the criticisms I hear of me sometimes is that because I'm on ESPN, we're the number one fantasy football platform, and I have a large following. I'm I'm very blessed in that. And that people were like, well, I want to fade Matthew because everyone in my league, you know, mm. half the guys in my league are using Matthew Berry's ranking. So let me go uh go elsewhere, which is by the way, one of the reasons why I started rotopass.com, which is a bunch of, which is uh I'll I'll throw in a shout out there. Uh which is a collection of premium fantasy football websites that may not be as well known,
2: mm-hmm.
8: that aren't as well known as ESPN, right? And so, um, but it's really good stuff and stuff that I use and stuff that I personally have called and recommended. So, uh, a collection of six sites, including ESPN Plus, Football Guys, RotoWire, rotoviz uh, Sharp Football Analysis, Roster Watch. It's a it's a great collection of of websites, and so what I try to do is just sort of ignore it you know what I mean? I, I sort of feel like that if you sit there and try to do your analysis from, okay, let me try to be different. Well, then you're screwing yourself mm-hmm. and you're screwing the people that are listening to you. I just try to do the analysis that is the analysis. I know there's going to be a lot of eyes on whatever I say and whatever I write. Yeah, I just have to try to be as genuine as possible. Mm-hmm. Just do the research, talk to everyone I can, watch the film, study the stats, you know, and make a call. Um, so like you just said, you just, yeah, everyone knows the obvious, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. I'm out on Saquon this year. Interesting. I'm out on Saquon this year. Hear this, Jason. Okay. So Saquon Barkley, I don't know where he's going on other, on other platforms, but on ESPN Saquon Barkley is being drafted top five overall. He's going, as running back five and he's going top five overall. This is a guy that we don't know uh, if he's going to play week one or not. Right. If he does, he might be limited with snaps. Okay. They're playing Denver. That's tough matchup. Uh, right. And, And then you think about a couple other things. Does he have the explosiveness coming back from the ACL and an MCL and a meniscus? Like, you know, that was a serious injury for Saquon Barkley. Coming back from that, does he immediately Jason get the explosiveness that he had previously? Remember all those big plays that he would break off. Right. And and that'll come back at some point, but does it come back this year or next year? I mean, think about Dalvin cook off of his ACL. Look at if you go back and watch Dalvin cook, the first year off of his ACL versus the second year, Like, there's a difference. Mm. He had a different gear, uh, you know, in the second year off of his ACL, which was was last year. He was great last year, right? And so the reason I say about the burst is if you go back and look at it, in every game in Saquon Barkley's career in which he has not had a 25-yard or more carry, like he hasn't had one big run of 25 yards or more, he averages 3.3 yards per carry. Yeah. Jason, everyone forgets this because he was injured for so much last, yeah. uh, so much of last year because the Giants were so bad last year. But the two games in which Saquon Barkley was healthy before he got injured last year, he had 34 rushing yards on 19 carries. Mm,
6: 34
8: that's for 19. not ideal.
5: Yeah, well, their Head line stinks. Yeah, their and, line's awful. Yeah.
8: Their line is awful. That's the and, like I don't blame the 34 for 19 uh, uh, on him necessarily. I think it's the line, but like the line is still a question mark. Yeah. And and so to use a top five pick on a guy that there's some question marks about, look, is he insanely talented? Yes. Is is he eventually going to get a massive workload? Of course he is. Right. But like I'm as a high second rounder, I'm at running back nine. Oh. And he's going fifth overall.
5: So so a write in question from my son who's picking seventh in a 14 team draft fifth grader. Uh, Saquon will probably be on the uh, table at seven. Do you take him at 14 teams? Like you can't whiff on your first and second round pick at 14. I'm sure you I played some 14 team league. He's going by my
8: rankings. I would not. I will tell you how I have them ranked. So I this is so I have it. Uh, I have it. McCaffrey obviously. I have Dalvin Cook at two. I have Kamara at three. Derrick Henry four. Zeke at five. And if you wanted mm-hmm. to flop Zeke and Derrick Henry, I yeah. I, I don't mind. I, so, I, like this, listen,
5: what, what about what about fading Derrick Henry? Like I, I know it's uh, the whole case of 370 carries and. Led the league back-to-back years. I personally don't like Henry at all this year. New offensive coordinator. Um, I, I just I have some questions about how that offense could, could work last this year. Or a new offense with no Arthur Smith, sorry.
8: Yeah, but I think they're going to run the same playbook. You know, The offense coordinator has been on the staff. It's not a brand-new guy. Right. You know, they they promoted a guy from within. They're going to run basically the same plays. Um, the concerns on Derrick Henry, as you mentioned, the workload. He's had a massive workload each of the last two years. And, and history has not been kind to running backs that have had that kind of massive workload. Uh, he also doesn't catch passes. So most leagues that play either half-point or full-point PPR, ESPN standard scoring is full-point PPR. He doesn't catch passes. So he needs double-digit touchdowns you know, to, to justify that kind of a ranking spot. In fact, he needs like 12, 14, 16 is the kind of touchdown equity he needs. I, but I guess my argument, my pro Derrick Henry argument is, is that that guy's built different that guy's built different than any other pl- human on the planet. Mm-hmm. And, and, like I took, I met him once and I took a picture with him and <laughs> Jason, you know, like it's on my Instagram somewhere. Like I, I, I took a picture with him and Jason, you and I have met you, 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 you and I have met in person. We've, yeah. we've seen each other at various parties and every, what have you. So like, you know that like, I'm not a small guy. I'm, yeah. I'm six foot, I'm between 190 and 200 pounds. So it's not like a massive, but like, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm I'm not a small guy. I'm six foot, call it 195. I look like a peanut next to him. Yeah, I know. I he's... took this photo with him and I was like, good Lord. I, like I didn't, I, I knew you were big, but I didn't realize you were, wow. Like just again, just so I think he's just built differently. And I also think the addition of Julio Jones makes, I think he sees less loaded boxes, honestly. Mm. Like you've got AJ Brown and Julio Jones there. You've got to pay attention to those guys. Defensively. Yeah. But I think you see and- some left-loaded boxes. Um, so I'm in on Henry. I, there are definitely people that are fading him. So I certainly get the argument. But to answer your son's question, so those are my top five guys.
5: Is Nick Chubb six?
8: No. Austin Eckler is six for me.
5: Ahead of Chubb?
8: Head of Chubb.
5: And why is that? Austin
8: Eckler Austin is my fantasy ride or die this year. Ooh. My fantasy football ride or die, which I've had a pretty good track record with. Last year, I didn't. But this year, uh, but generally speaking, I have a pretty good track record with my rider dies previous to this, and uh, so I have Eckler at six, Kelsey at seven, Devontae Adams at eight.
5: Uh, all these guys ahead of Nick Chubb.
8: Aaron what am Jones I missing? On and Chubb? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb doesn't catch passes. I love Nick Chubb. Mm, they put in to Nick catch Chubb. all the passes but again. He doesn't catch passes.
0: Huh.
8: Uh And so again, like um, it's so important to have you know to have. We always talk about this in business, right? You want multiple revenue streams, oh, right? yes. you know, right? multiple revenue streams. Well, in fantasy, sort of the same thing. You want multiple ways to get fantasy points. You want, you want yardage. You mm-hmm. want touchdowns. And ideally, with your running backs, you want receptions. Again, there are there exceptions to rule like Derrick Henry, who, you know, legitimately has a chance to score 20 touchdowns? Yes. You know, especially in a 17-game season. But um, generally speaking, you want your running backs to score, score points as many ways as possible. Jones, I think, is involved more in the passing game this year with Jamal Williams down in Detroit, and AJ Dillon is backup. I don't think they're going to use AJ Dillon in the passing game this year as much as they used Jamal Williams previously. Mm-hmm. So I think see an increase in Jamal and Aaron Jones's passing game usage, where he's still still the alpha dog. They paid him like they like AJ Dillon. I have AJ Dillon as a sleeper. I love AJ Dillon yeah. in the later drafts, but you know, Aaron Jones was a free agent, and they brought him back and they yeah. paid him. You know, like, he's the guy, and and with Rodgers back in town, that's going to be a very good offense. I wonder, though, hold on.
5: Three offensive linemen down in week one, uh, two via free agency, and then Bakhtiari. Any concern? Jones maybe starts a little slow, or do they just produce uh, offensive linemen the way the Midwest does?
8: Yeah, I mean, listen, losing David Bakhtiari is not ideal, right? He's he's among the, the best in the NFL, if not the best. And, but my expectation is, is that, Rodgers is such a threat um, and they're so creative in play calling it again because he's, you know, like, do I, do I think he might start slow in terms of the between the tackle numbers? Mm-hmm. Sure. But in terms of like, okay, so they, 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 they split them out wide. They get him some screen passes. You know, they, they do some pitch outs, they do some bootlegs, you know, and some option stuff. I think Aaron Jones will ultimately be fine. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to have another mo- monster year, but like, uh- he's angry.
5: Let me push back on Eckler for a sec. I just looked yeah, at the ahead. stats. So uh, he had three touchdowns last year total. Now, he was dinged up. Is he going to get all the goal line carries? Do we know this?
8: We don't. And that's the argument against him. Okay. So you say, your argument, Jason, me is it's like, the dude only got three touchdowns last year.
5: I, I didn't realize it was that low. <laughs> right? But the year before, he had eight receiving uh, touchdowns. Yeah.
8: And he had 11 total the year yeah. before. So my argument back to you, Jason, is, is like you say, like, ah, eh, guy only had three touchdowns last year, and I say to you, like, dude, he only had three touchdowns last year. Like, Buy he low. got touch up to no. fluky. He got he got unlucky again the year previously. He got eleven. Uh, Mike Clay, uh, who does a great job for us here at ESPN, invented a stat called OTD, which is you know opportunity adjusted touchdown. It's a I won't go into the nerdy nerdiness of it, but okay. in essence, what this stat does is basically judge a player's touchdown opportunity. And then then you judge that touchdown opportunity versus what they actually did. And you can use the the metric, and it's done well over a number of years, of predicting who's who's more likely to score more touchdowns or less touchdowns going into a year because they either got unlucky or really lucky. Like a guy that's going to regress in terms of touchdowns this year is Robert Tunyon, speaking of the Packers.
5: Oh, no, I got him in the league. Damn it.
8: Robert Tunyon had 11 touchdowns last year, which was among the league leaders uh, among tight ends. He was 22nd among tight ends in targets. 27. Like he didn't get a lot of targets, but when he did, they were in the end zone. Now you've got Randall Cobb there. I like my expectation here is that Robert Tunyon regresses. Like he's not going to score 11 touchdowns again. And if he doesn't score 11 touchdowns again, he's not the same fantasy guy because he's not getting as many receptions or yards. Like, uh, you know, I believe in the history of the NFL or certainly at least the last 20 years, there's only been three tight ends that have scored double digit touchdowns back to back years.
0: Wow.
5: Okay. That's not a good move by me getting Tanya in right. an auction. League. Who, do,
8: who, do, who do you think they are? Can you guess who they are? Uh,
5: I'll go Tony Gonzalez. Nope.
8: Close.
5: The tight end on the Chargers. Who was there forever?
8: Antonio Gates, but not him. No. Um, I think more recent. Oh, Kelsey. Uh, no. Kittle? Huh? Kittle? No. Gronk? What? I'm going to give Gronk. it to you. Gronk? Okay. Uh, Jimmy Graham?
5: Damn, that's elite company.
8: And, my uh, goodness. And, and Julius Thomas, the two years he was with Peyton Manning in Denver. So, like, unless you think, unless you think he's in that elite company, I, I think, you know, it's unlikely. It, my point is, mm. is, it's very hard to repeat double-digit touchdowns um, in general for a tight end in today's NFL. And it's really hard when you think about what little target share he gets. Like, those two guys, especially, you know, especially, you know Graham and Gronk, got a ton of targets. So I think Tanyan regresses. My point is, is that touchdowns are fluky and you can sort of mm-hmm. look at opportunity. Again, uh, little opportunity of Tanyan. He capitalized on it a bit. He's going to regress. Austin Eckler, in the nine healthy games that he had last year, averaged 18.6 fantasy. Uh, he averaged 18.6 touches a game. Jeez, yeah. So now, is I mean, how much of
5: that is Anthony Lynn? Workload. Yeah.
8: He got, so uh, here's the argument on, on Eckler. Massive workload. And since the start of 2019, Austin Eckler is first in fantasy points per touch. Jeez. So we look at so in terms of like he's really productive. Number two is Alvin Kamara, number three is Christian McCaffrey in that particular stat since 2019. Fantasy points per touch. When Austin Eckler gets touches, he produces. And last year he got really unlucky with the touchdowns. The health didn't help either, right? But now you think about new offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi comes over from uh uh from from the uh, from the saints and i gotta give credit to this eckler did an interview with adam Schefter on on shefty's pod and they and he's asking about his role in the offense and what does he see about lombardi's offense and eckler was it's a long answer so i'll paraphrase it but in essence he basically says i love the offense it's very similar and he goes and listen you know how they use alvin Kamara in new orleans and adam's like yeah he goes i'm Kamara." <laughs>
5: well, Kamara is going to get all the touches in New Orleans. I, I mean, um, that's
8: what I'm saying yeah. here, Jason. So I'm just saying, by the way, the Chargers improved their offensive line. Yes, I think they, they did, you know, significantly improve their offensive line. It was one of the worst in the NFL last year. I think that also contributed to his lack of touchdowns. Mm. So, you know, listen, I think new coaching staff, he's a really versatile player. All the underlying metrics are, are there for Eckler, hyper-efficient, He's been very productive when he gets work. He's going to get a ton of work this year. Yeah, I'm all in on Austin Eckler. I have him six overall, running back six. He's my fantasy football ride or die, which means he's obviously not a sleeper. You know, he's a known commodity, but I have him at six. Just, I name my ride or die because it's like every draft I can, I'm coming out with him. He's coming, going, out, with he's going, I'm, I'm coming out of the draft with Eckler. Again, I'm at six overall. He's going at 14 overall on ESPN. And he's going, specifically basically someone mid to late second round on most sites. And again, I am as a, in the upper half of the first upper
5: round. Half. Okay. Um, I guess a strategy question. So you're, you're, let's say you're in a 12 or 14 team league and you say, I'm just going to load up on running backs and wide receivers and I'll wait for quarterback late. Baker Mayfield is projected most of these leagues like a middle, middle-tier middle quarterback. But if you look at the schedule, Matthew, they have one of the easier schedules in the league. So my, my strategy was I'll swoop in late and get Baker. And guess what? If he's gone, I feel like Joe Burrow could be a great late round pick because Matthew, their defense is horrible. They're going to hemorrhage points and he's going to have to be chucking the entire second half. He's going to put up monster stats. Yeah, there'll be picks, but I feel like Burrow or Baker late. Now the converse would be, well, you've got to face the Ravens and Steelers twice. I don't know. Any thoughts on that strategy waiting on a quarterback?
8: So two, let me talk about those two players specifically, and then I'll get into the strategy. So first off, Um, yeah, I like Baker. I like Baker's a sleeper. He was actually very good over the second half of last year. I want to say, I mean, like, you know, they really turned it around. The weird part on Baker, by the way, I mean, this is, this is super weird. Um, he got better when OBJ went out. Like, I I mean, it's the weirdest, it's the weirdest stat. It's one of the weirdest stats in sports, but like he has been more productive NFL wise and fantasy wise without Odell Beckham Jr. than with him on the field. So we'll see, but week 12 on last year. He was the seventh best quarterback in fantasy. Baker Mayfield was. Wow. From week 12 on last year, he was the seventh best quarterback in fantasy. It's a good schedule. Obviously talented playmakers around him. Very good offensive line and a run game. Like what does Sopanski do really well, right? Sets up play action, which is what Baker's really good at. And obviously when you've got Chubb and Hunt like that, you're going to have to respect the run game. So I like Baker as a late round, uh, late round guy. I, I do think he has a good year. To your point about Joe Burrow, at the time of his injury last year, Joe Burrow led the NFL in pass attempts. Like he was, I mean, he was, he was chucking it close to 50 times a game. Burrow was unbelievable um, in terms of volume. Second year in the league adds Jamar chase defense. Still isn't very good. I agree with you. They're going to have to throw a lot. The concern on Burrow and, and Mayfield, and it's a slight one, but as we talked earlier in the show, listen, multiple revenue streams, right? We want multiple ways to get fantasy points. To me, it's so crucial if you can to get a quarterback that gets you points with not only their arm, but also their leg, Ah. which is why Mayfield and Burrow, and Burrow's actually being drafted ahead of Mayfield, at least on ESPN. That's why those guys are going later is because they don't run. And, and, uh, you know, last year, of the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks, eight of them had at least 200 yards rushing. And that doesn't include Dak Prescott, who would have qualified had he not got hurt. That doesn't include Jalen Hurts, who would have qualified if he played more than four games. Jalen Hurts was the ninth best quarterback in fantasy over the final oh. four games last year. Yeah. Jason, he was The ninth best quarterback in yeah, fantasy. They, think about this. That's a little it's silly, the-
1: though. Come on. Do you love Selena?
8: Like, really love?
1: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of
8: Tejano.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: Is Jalen Hurts a starting quarterback by Halloween for Philly? Or did they just trade for Gardner Minshew because they're going to start Gardner Minshew at some point?
8: Have you watched Gardner Minshew play? Like, I, it's a fun story in the hair. Yeah. must stop it. Yes. I, you like I, Hurts, huh? Love Hurts. I have him, I have him QB9. Wow, Jason, go back. And if you read my, if you read my, um, if you go back, and if you go look at my, I put this in my love hate column, which is by the way, yeah. free to read on ESPN.com. Great, It's so great. I read,
5: the- I read it every week. It's indeed. Appreciate
8: it. So the preseason love hate is out uh, on ESPN.com. And I did a comparison. I did two quarterbacks and I just showed you the stats, right? Mm-hmm. I showed you the passing yards, uh, the rushing yards per game, their, their fantasy points per game, completion percent, blah, blah, blah. I, I did a comparison of two players and the two players that I compared was Jalen hurts the four games that he started and Lamar Jackson's final four games that he started as a rookie in 2018. (laughs) Now remember Lamar Jackson got like, I want to say like seven games, seven or eight games when he took over Flacco in his rookie year, Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts only got four games, by the way, Jalen hurts got four games in a situation in which the front office is fighting with the, with the head coaching staff. Like it's all, there's a lot of chaos and and disarray in Philadelphia with Peterson now on his you know, on his way out and, You know, not getting along with Roseman, blah, 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 blah. Plus, everyone was injured. You know, his starting wide receivers were Jalen Hurts' first NFL start. His starting wide receivers were Jalen Rager, who was making his, who was playing in his eighth NFL game Mm -hmm. ever. He'd missed most of the year with an injury. And former AAF superstar, Greg Ward.
5: Greg Ward, the college quarterback. Yeah, yeah.
8: Houston Cougars, right. Former college quarterback, former AAF uh, San Antonio Commodore, Greg Ward. Like, that's who this guy, who they yeah. threw him out there with. And the critics of Jalen Hurts are like, well, the guy only completed 52% of his passes in those four games.
5: But it doesn't you know matter who, in fantasy. <laughs> two
8: things. Yeah. Number one, it doesn't matter in fantasy because it was rushing yards, right? He had at least 60 yards of rushing touchdown in all four games. Again, he, he was the ninth-best quarterback in fantasy, both total points and points per game those final four games. But also, by the way, you know who else had a rookie? He had a completion percentage of 52% his rookie year? Josh no, Allen. Jackson.
5: Oh, John, yeah. yeah.
8: Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson was like at 56% or 58% okay. for both guys. The other thing is, is that 25% of Hertz's throws in that four games were 15 or yards more downfield, which obviously hurts your completion percentage when you're taking you know uh, longer throws downfield. Anyway, the point is, is that if you look at the numbers of Jalen Hurts' fi- only four games that he played in his rookie year and Lamar Jackson's final four games of his rookie year, Hurts actually compares favorably to Jackson in almost every category.
6: Mm.
8: And I'm not saying... That Jalen Hurts is going to come out and win the MVP, which is what Lamar Jackson did the next year. I'm not saying he's going to be the fantasy MVP, which is what Lamar Jackson did. But what I am saying is that quarterback nine, he's an insane value. He's currently going like a quarterback twelve or thirteen. I'm as a, I'm a QB nine. Um, okay, absolutely love Jalen Hurts. Nick Sirianni, when they didn't draft a quarterback because they had a chance, they they had a chance to draft a quarterback. They the Eagles did. And they Fields, at, right?
5: Yeah, they, they could have got never, Fields, Mac Jones, right?
8: Yeah, they were at six. They were at six, and they traded back to twelve, mm-hmm. I believe. I believe I have that right. That's off the top of my head, but yeah, they were at six, and they traded with Miami back to twelve, and then I think maybe they moved up or whatever to get. They moved back up to ten to get Devonta Smith, but they were in the mix. They they easily could have had. They easily could have had Fields or Mac Jones, right? Or tried to with six tried to move up into the top three, mm-hmm. and they didn't. Nick Sirianni and his staff were hired with the idea of like try to make Jalen Hurts work, and if he doesn't work this year then they will go out next year I think but I don't believe Gardner Minshew or Joe Flacco or any of the guys on their roster are a threat to Jalen Hurts I think he is the starter for the Eagles and I think he performs very very well especially in fantasy
5: all right we'll finish up with some wide receivers is it me or are the arrow pointing up for all Carolina receivers Joe Brady year two He's got a real quarterback in Darnold, no disrespect to Teddy B. Um I like Robbie Anderson a lot. Are you on board with that or no?
8: I am. I like Sam okay. Darnold as a late, by the way, if you're in a two quarterback league, you know, uh deeper league, I like Sam mm, Darnold too. Yeah,
5: easy because, schedule.
8: Easy schedule getting away from uh from Adam Gase and by the way, insanely talented pass catchers as you mentioned, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, the rookie from LSU, having a great camp. And oh by the way, Chris McCaffrey uh, out of the backfield, there's always a threat to take a dump off and then run it 70 yards into the end zone, right? And then you get credit for a 70-yard touchdown pass, even though CMC did most of the work. <laughs> so, yeah, I like I like Darnold. By the way, they have a tight end there named Dan Arnold. Uh, I like Dan Arnold as sort of a late-round tight end flyer uh, as well. So I'm in on that, and I'm definitely in on Robbie Anderson, certainly at cost. He's being sort of disrespected somewhat in uh, in fantasy drafts
5: any rookie that we need to consider targeting uh I, I don't know about jamar chase honestly he's going undrafted in some of my 10 team leagues
8: I'm, that's fine i'm shocked to hear that he's going undrafted he should be drafted he should be drafted in every league uh, ahead of tyler boyd no okay. so um on espn it goes for a while it was chase uh higgins boyd higgins um, yeah
5: well, Talk TDs, awesome. TDs, TDs,
8: TDs. Uh. Awesome. No, Higgins is a great receiver. He's going to have a really good year. I love T. Higgins this year. Um, I think all three guys should be drafted. And um, look, I think Jamar Chase, I think because of, you know, some high profile drops, um, there's been some, you know, his, his stock has dropped. But this is, you know, as good a wide receiver prospect as they had has come, that has come into the NFL in the last decade, right? So uh, And there's going to be a lot of volume there obviously played college ball with Joe Burrow. Like yeah, it's going to be fine with uh, Jamar Chase. I think Devonta Smith is really interesting just mm-hmm. because again, we we sort of think about, think about last year, Justin Jefferson, super talented. But one of the things that happened with Justin Jefferson is, as we always say in fantasy, fantasy, fantasy success comes from two things, talent and opportunity. We knew Justin Jefferson was talented and then he got the opportunity. Stefan Diggs goes to bu- Buffalo. He's all of a sudden the starting wide receiver next to Adam Thielen. And that. Those two guys are the only two guys they hot. Ha- they yeah. have. Right. I mean, so he got tons of, of, uh, volume last year. And obviously the defense was bad in Minnesota, which helped. So they got into some shootouts. So Devonta Smith, same thing. Like, again, all due respect to Travis Fulgham and, 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 you know, um, uh, Greg Ward, like there's not a lot of competition yeah. in, in Philadelphia. Like he's going to be a starter. Like he could easily get a 20 plus or more target share right out of the gate. So Devonta Smith uh, among wide receivers really interesting. I'm a homer. So, just I'll give you a deeper pick, which is, you know, I'm really excited about Diane Brown and North Carolina, who's third round pick for Washington. I think the Washington football team is going to be a really good offense this year. Really? People call, people call me a homer, but yes, I Fitzpatrick? do. Fitzpatrick? Fitz, is going to be awesome.
5: Oh, my. Well, that, now that's a spicy take right there. I, I, I don't see it. I'd see some major regression. Schedule is very tough.
8: It certainly is. It's yeah. a top three defense. They're going to get the ball in good field position. That's a team that won the NFC East last year. Yes, was it bad and they only did it on seven games? Yes, Yes. of course. But they did it with – here were the starting quarterbacks that the Washington uh, football team offense had. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Steelers backup Dwayne Haskins, Washington football team third stringer, Kyle Allen, and my new ESPN colleague, Alex Smith.
5: Like, oh, I thought you were going to say the kid who started the playoff game who looked like Matt Taylor. Saracen out there from Friday night. No, What's his uh, name again? Taylor
8: Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Yeah. And it, did he make list. the roster? Oh, yeah. He, they signed him to a they, – they brought him back. He's the backup to Fitz. He's oh, the number my two. goodness. He's the number wow. two. That's a lot Ryan of faith Fitzpatrick, in Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick has, uh, in his career, um, supported – the last three years that he's had a, at least – he started at least 12 games. He's had a top 15 fantasy wide receiver. So McLaurin's going to have a, uh, monster. A, yeah. a monster, monster year. Um, I'll tell you that the, believe it or not, Washington was a very pass happy team last year, despite now it was a lot of dink and dunk. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of dink and dunk, but they were. I think Scott Turner is a very good uh, and creative offensive line. And look at what they did in the off season. So you've got Terry McLaurin, super fast. Logan Thomas, they signed to a big deal. He's gonna have a monster year. Yeah. They brought him, they brought him back, signed him to a deal. I mean, he runs a 4-640. He's 6'6250. He former runs a quarterback. 40.
5: At Virginia Tech.
6: Yeah, quarterback. yeah,
8: yeah. Exactly. Logan Thomas can run. They add Curtis Samuel super fast. They, they, they draft Diami Brown out of North Carolina super fast. They've got Antonio Brown, pretty hmm. fast for a running back. Yeah, I mean, like former college wide receiver, Antonio Gibson really is what he was. Um, that's a lot of speed for a wow. quarterback, that, by the way, loves to chuck it deep, loves to play YOLO football, doesn't <laughs> care. And by the yeah. way, and he'll throw it in the traffic, you know.
5: I just and- I, I know what I saw with the Jets when there were any expectations. He just always fails get- when, when there's nothing to lose. He's awesome. Like last year in, in Miami. Oh, great year. And Now there's pressure on him. I will see. Um, Ryan, Fitz-
8: I- Ryan Fitzpatrick made seven starts last year. For the yeah, he was good. He was good. fantasy points per game would have been QB 11 last year on a points per game basis. And I would argue, I would argue strongly that Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, uh, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson of the backfield is a much more talented group of pass catchers than he had in Miami last year, or that he even had with the jets all due respect to Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker.
5: (laughs) Oh, wow. He's referencing jets from five years ago. That's why this guy's the best. All right, real quick. We'll end on a jets question. Uh, uh, where are you on Corey Davis and then the rookie Elijah Moore
8: really like both guys as late round flyers. I think if I had to quote, start one week one, it's Corey Davis. I think he's got a high floor. He's going to get a ton of targets, but the jets, the jets are going to be a team that, you know, it's a, it's a rebuilding year. If I was a jets fan, Jason, if I was a jets fan, like you, I would be optimistic because like, I think for the first time in a long time you guys are headed in the right direction. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a believer in Joe Douglas. I love what you guys did in the draft. I like what you guys have, the moves you guys have made, like a lot of, a lot of work still to be done, but you're headed in the right direction and you're starting to get some pieces together. So I like all of that. So I like Corey Davis, who's a talented wide receiver, former first round pick took a while for his to, get, to career to get going, but um, he's good. And he's going to get a ton of targets. I Look, and, love the and you know, better than me, like, like find yourself. some find yourself somebody who looks at you the way the press is looking at Elijah Moore these days. I because know it's the camp reports <laughs> on this guy, the buzz, from former players, from other players, from coaches, from media that are just saying like every single day this guy is like yeah,
5: they're kicking Denzel Mims to the curb already. He's I oh, mean, yeah. he's always injured. The guy's always hurt. The yeah the kid they got yeah. out of Baylor.
8: Yeah. But so yeah, I mean, I think I think it's um I think it's uh, you know, uh, Crowder in the slot and more and Corey Davis on the outside in three wide sets for the Jets. And I think they're gonna be throwing a lot. So yeah, I, I mean, do like I'm, Elijah Moore as a late round flyer this the year. The Mormon he certainly Mahomes. needs to be one of the first picks in dynasty.
5: Yes, what? definitely. Uh, the Mormon Mahomes, uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I think go. he's going to be decent. Uh, I'm yeah, getting too. too much into the Jets. All right, Matthew Barry, follow him. Uh, rotopass.com, ESPN, Love Hate, everything. I mean, he's a legend. Thanks a lot, Matthew. Yeah. Anything and, else yeah, you want to yeah, plug? Or?
8: I'll give you one other thing. I'll plug another one thing because I know you do. Are you? And I'd love for you to check this out, Jason. Just my friend and somebody who I respect. Um, uh, you know, I have that fantasy life app, right? Oh. Well, we yeah. So I have the, the Fantasy Life app. It's free. The alerts are amazing. Download it, hundred percent free. You should check it out. It's in app stores. You know, we're five stars on the uh, on all the app stores. Fantasy Life,
5: there it is. Yeah, I just Fantasy it up.
8: Life app. Look, look at the reviews. Like, t- best alerts in the business. We are super fast, crazy fast alerts. Uh, anyway, we we uh, sold the company this year. I'm still involved with the company, but we sold it this year to a company called Spurts which is a social network. For gambling. How and much no, ownership
5: did you have in the app? At Ooh,
8: I, had a, I had a decent
2: amount. congratulations, man. Expense. Look at yeah, that. Talking about revenue it's, streams. It's,
8: yeah, it's right. It, it, it's worked out well. And I'm really excited about being part of the, the Spurts team and, uh, you know, helping promote that. But anyway, Spurts, Jason, for someone like yourself, who's, you know, obviously way into sports gambling, I, I think it's interesting. It's a social network. For sports gamblers as well and you can track your picks you can track other people's picks like if you made a uh, if you wanted to make a profile they can track your picks um you know and see like and and you can dial down like let's say you're like all you really want to do is bet wnba first half over under.
5: <laughs> okay
8: like that's all i want to bet yeah Well, so you can go on the app and you can find like who's the best person Cause, cause we don't allow anyone to change their picks. Like it's locked in. I know that yeah. some other apps have allowed that to happen. We, oh, we do not do that. Like you, wow. um, you, uh, you make your pick, it's locked in. Your record is your record. Yeah. Um, and it's really dialed down. So you can see like, who's the best person for WNBA first half over unders, you know? So anyway, if you're interested in sports gambling, highly recommend BetSports. also a free app, hundred percent free app, but
5: I just grabbed it. Dude. I'm involved awesome. with those two
8: guys, uh, those companies. Thanks
5: a lot, man. All right. You enjoy the uh, football season. I'm sure we'll talk to you at some point, Matthew.
8: Jason sounds good. Take care.
6: start listening.